Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey, everybody, it's great to be together with you today. Uh, We are concluding our sermon series on repentance and forgiveness uh, today, confession. Um, We have been talking about it for the last five weeks. Next week is Palm Passion Sunday. Definitely going to want to be here. It's going to be a beautiful weekend of worship. Uh, But our our sermon series will kind of technically end today. And we've been talking about how confession is God's gift to us to help us invite the grace of God to be at work, uh, healing, remaking, restoring, renewing us. Uh, And we've been working our way just sort of as a guide uh, through a prayer of confession that we pray together when we come around the communion table. It's by no means the only one but it's one that we say regularly together as a family. And now we've come today to, to the very last line. It says, uh, free us for joyful obedience. Last week, we said, forgive us, we pray. This week, we say, free us for joyful obedience, which is just a reminder that the goal of confession is not shame, right? Just not naming the things that are broken and asking for forgiveness, but that forgiveness makes way for us to be free, right? To be freed for joyful obedience. Um, a number of years ago, I was leading a worship service and we wanted to kind of talk about, we were in the same sort of theme. Uh, we want to talk about like ways to make it tangible and touchable so people could do it. And so we decided uh, we were going to hand out a bunch of pieces of printer paper and then put a bunch of uh, paper shredders in the front of the church. Um, and we let people write down whatever it was they needed to be freed from, right? Forgiven for so they could be freed and unburdened by those things. And uh, some people wrote, you know, in really big letters. Some people wrote a little letters so they can write a lot. One guy was like, I need some more sheets. We brought some more sheets over for him. Um, and after that worship service, which is just a beautiful, beautiful day, um, there's a lot of like pastoral conversations that took place, um, one of which continues to really stand out to me. Uh, there was one woman who was there uh, who, instead of using the printer paper that we gave her, uh, sort of fished around in her pocketbook and pulled out uh, a folded up uh, piece of notebook paper. And this was a note um, that she had been carrying around for years. Uh, It was written to her by her husband who was there with her. um, And it was intended to be uh, his last words to her, um, sharing how he felt and sort of why he felt the need to to go and do the thing that he was going to go and do. Um, And she had been carrying that note around. Now, uh, again, they were there together, shredding it side by side, uh, still alive and still together. Um, uh, You know, for whatever reason, he wasn't able to kind of go through with his plans. Um, and that didn't mean that their life together had been easy, um, but they were there together and they shredded this thing that obviously she had been carrying. I mean, just, can you imagine like seeing that every time you're searching for your cell phone or, you know, fumbling up against it when you're looking for your lip gloss? I, like, I just, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And they just talked about like how relieving it was to be able to let go of that, right. And to have a tangible way to let go of it. 
that she was freed from the pain that she carried from that, that they were kind of collectively freed to live together differently now that that pain had been let go. Um, and I just remember thinking like, how does something so light weigh so much? How is something so small, so heavy? Um, and we might not all have a letter that profound, right, in our wallets or whatever, but um, I, think, I think we just carry things around. We carry things around. Confession's a way for us to deal with them, like to get rid of them, right, to, to process it out. Um, but we, we just, we often don't do it. It's like we all kind of walk around with an invisible knapsack and we're carrying things around in them, right? They, uh, you know, they could, they could seem like small things. They could seem like they don't add that much weight. But, you know, over the course of time, the more we add, the more that just sort of stacks up. And it, it could be anything. Like it could be uh, words or actions or attitudes uh, that we've got. Uh, my mom always says, like a tube of toothpaste. Once you say it, you can't put it back in. Um, maybe it's something you've seen and can't unsee. Uh, maybe it's a, a grudge or like a, a pet peeve of some, of some sort. I have a friend that always reminds me that we call them pet peeves because you have to take care of them. You got to nurture them and feed them and tend to them. They take as much work to, to nurture and to take care of as a real pet. Um, maybe it's not just something you've done, but maybe it's something you've left undone, right? We talk about uh, commission versus omission, doing the things that you wish you hadn't done, not doing the things that you wish you had or should have. Um, so maybe it's something you've neglected or allowed uh, to go on um, in your life. Uh, maybe uh, maybe it's a time that like uh, you should have stepped in, but instead of stepping in, you stepped out. And sh- instead of speaking up to protect or to take care of someone or to, to say something that was true and needed to be said, uh, you stepped out uh, and refused to say it and, and let that harm kind of continue to go. Or maybe it's like a pattern, right? Um, uh, a habit, uh, something that's just kind of going on and on and on in your life, maybe an addiction, uh, something that it just got a hold of you and that uh, you don't want to do it, but you can't figure out how to stop and just kind of keep coming back to it over again. We carry, we carry all these things around with us and they, uh, they stack up, they add up, right? Um, and we just, you know, we <laughs> just sort of carry this thing around with us wherever we go uh, and all the places that we live and work and play and all the things that we do day in and day out. We're just kind of walking around with this burden uh, on, our, on our back. Um, in 2019, uh, I had some surgery. Uh, I woke up one night and my arm was just like hulked out, right? It was uh, veiny and red and I thought I was going to die. And I Googled it and Google was like, you're probably fine. So I went back to sleep. I went to go see my doctor. He thought maybe I had a blood clot or something like that. Turns out uh, my collarbone and my rib are too close together. Uh, and all of us, our bodies, um, through that little opening between collarbone and your top rib, um, your blood goes out to your arm and back in and your nerves go out from your spinal cord um, so that you can uh, have sensation in your arm. And uh, and so they ended up taking out uh, some of my, two thirds of my top rib that opened back up. I haven't had any problems since uh, until Thanksgiving of this year. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I angered it somehow. And um, I just kind of like lost feeling in my arm, like grip strength was gone. My arm just felt like it was asleep all the time. Uh, it was super weird. I was actually shaving my face one morning to come to church and like I had to shave with two hands cause I couldn't even hold the razor in my right hand and I like cut myself all up before I came over. Anyway, um, my friend who's a doctor and a very good one, I called him because it just didn't seem to be getting any better. He called me back. I was in the parking lot at the Costco and uh, he said, um, you know, this feels serious. feels like you need to go check in with your vascular surgeon again and make sure, you know, everything with your surgery site was okay. Um, and he said, it's serious. You may want to get it checked out. I heard I'm about to die in the Costco parking lot. And then I thought, well, at least I could get a good deal on a casket. 
there you go. Um, but uh, I made appointment. Everything seemed to check out. They did ultrasounds and all that. Everything was fine. My vascular surgeon said, maybe you need a massage. Like maybe it's just has something to do with your back and not your arm. And I thought, well, I could use a massage. I am stressed out. Yeah, let's do that. So I called, made an appointment. And uh, I kind of have this image of like lavender scented air and, you know, soft ambient music in the background. You walk out just feeling free as a bird. Um, and instead, that thing hurt. Like she, ah, gosh, she was like pressing on muscles that I didn't even know existed. Uh, at one point in time, it hurt so bad, I just started sweating. Uh, and we got done and uh, she was like, do you, you know, do a lot of upper body workouts and things? And I thought, this is maybe a time to lie. Uh, I did swim like four or five months ago. So maybe I should say like, I, I get in the pool occasionally. Um, I decided not to. And I just said, uh, no, I've actually done no physical activity for several months now. And she said, mm, yeah, I can tell. So not only was I offended, but I was hurting. <laughs> like it was offensive and painful. That's what my massage was like. I got in the car. And I thought to myself, I'm never doing this again. I hurt more when I came out. Then I was hurting when I went in and my arm was no better. Fast forward like a day or two and all of a sudden I could feel my fingertips again. Um, whatever she did, it worked, right? And confession is a lot like that. Repentance is a lot like that. Um, we're carrying around some heavy things. And I think sometimes we don't want to deal with them because like pressing in, it just hurts too much or it's too offensive. Um, but if we don't find ways of dealing with this, we're just forced to go around just like, Carrying all the things that we carry from place to place uh, to place. And this, this is not God's design for our lives. God desires for us to be freed for joyful obedience. Now, I think sometimes uh, when we hear that, that line, freed for joyful obedience, like obedience doesn't feel like a joyful thing. And it certainly feels in a lot of ways like the opposite of freedom. I think we tend to assume that freedom is being able to do whatever we want, whenever we want, whatever feels good or right to us. That, being able to do that thing is freedom. Freedom is like when your spouse goes out of town for a night and you get to choose when you go to sleep and what you're watching on the TV, hypothetically speaking, of course. Like that feels like freedom, right? That feels like freedom. Um, Paul, who's a pastor that writes a letter in the New Testament called Romans, he actually says that's not freedom. That's captivity. Um, I'd like to read you a passage. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it would take us about 30 minutes to get through it, but uh, Romans chapter 7, verses 14 uh, through 25. And what I would like to do is, um, I would like to, let me get my Bible situated here. Um, I would like to just pull out a couple of pieces uh, of what he says here. Um, first, I just, again, he's wrestling, I think, here with the same paradox uh, that we've just named, that obedience and freedom seem like opposite things, right? And he's talking about uh, how we've been freed in Christ from the law, all the laws of the Old Testament, his scriptures right at the time, and what it means to be freed from that kind of thing. Um, and, and yet he desires to be the type of person that's living uh, the Jesus way, or what he would call like the law of grace, right? This Jesus way is, is not a bunch of rules to follow so much as it is that nothing that we do uh, in our life would be inconsistent with loving God with our whole heart, strength, soul, and mind, like love the Lord your God with our whole self and love our neighbors. He said he, he wants to be the type of person who's doing those things perfectly, that there's nothing in his life that's inconsistent with his full and faithful love of God or his full and faithful love of neighbor. Uh, and that's what he wants to do. That's the person that he wants to be. Uh, but he has this image of himself that he wants to get at that lives into that way of Jesus. Um, and the, the harder he tries, uh, the more he fails. He says, for I do not do what I want, 
but I do the very thing I hate. He goes on a little bit later. I, I know that nothing good dwells within me. I can will what is right. I can desire to do it, but I can't actually do it. For I do not do the good I want, but rather the evil I do not want to do is exactly what I do. Now he goes on. He kind of comes to an awareness. He says, now, if I do what I do not want to do, I know that it's no longer me because I'm not willing it. That's not the thing that I want. So it must be something else. He calls that the sin that dwells within me, this condition of our heart that is not as it should be. And then he says, it's almost like he's at war with himself. He says, I see in my members, uh, my actions, my attitudes, the way I operate in the world, uh, a particular way, a particular law that is at war with the way of my mind, this person that he desires to be. And this is the interesting turn for me. He says, this this war, this thing that he wants to do and can't do, like the fact that he's always returning to the person he doesn't want to be, he says, it's making me captive to the law of sin. So we can have freedom from all the rules, freedom from all that kind of obedience, uh, but that kind of freedom is actually making him captive to a different law, a law of sin that dwells within his members, right, to this evil way of being. It's almost like he's saying, my unbridled freedom from all the rules ends me up back into a worse type of captivity than I was in before. He concludes the section by saying, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I don't know if this kind of wrestling back and forth feels consistent to you in your life, but like, this, I get this. This makes sense. There are a lot of things in the Bible that make no sense to me, <laughs> but this I get. Uh, this is exactly what it feels like. The more I want to be the person I want to be, the, the person that I imagine myself to be, uh, the person that, that does the things that I want to do, the harder and harder I try to do that on my own, in my perfect freedom, the further and further I, see, I seem to get. And it is, uh, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. I think what Paul is getting at here is that obedience to the way of Jesus, to the way of God, is not, it's not the opposite of freedom. It's, it's actually, it's perfect freedom. Because in it, we are free to be the people that we have been created and are being called to be. Sometimes when we think about forgiveness, we, we think about like just wanting to kind of take, you know, one brick out of our backpack to just lighten our load for the one thing that we've done. I think when we say free us for joyful obedience, what we're saying is that we're not actually made to even carry around a backpack at all. Like being freed for joyful obedience, like the, the opportunity to live into the obedience of Jesus Christ, right, is, is the opportunity to take the whole backpack off. Being freed from the, from the full exercise. When, when we come into a life-giving relationship in Jesus Christ, and, and maybe some of you aren't quite there yet, like there's something that you're thinking through or wrestling with, and even after we've come into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ, I feel like we always are wrestling with this idea that uh, we want to do the things we want to do, the way we want to do them, when we want to do them, and that uh, we have freedom in Jesus to not have, not have to follow any rules or to do the things that don't feel good to us when they feel good to us. But, but that's a lie. That's a lie. It's the, oldest, it's the oldest trick in the book. When the serpent says to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, hey, listen, if you eat from the fruit of this tree, you will have all wisdom in the world. You can plot your own course. You can do what you want to do. You'll essentially be like a God yourself. It's a lie. It's a lie that spins all of creation into brokenness. The goal of confession and repentance is not shame, right? It's not just looking at the bricks we're carrying around. It's shalom. 
It's being freed from these things. It's being freed from the weight of having to carry around the things that we do that we don't want to do, the people that we become that we don't want to be, so that we can be in joyful obedience, the people that God has created and is calling us to be. As we step into this next week, a week that we call Holy Week that begins this coming Sunday and will go all the way till Easter, um, I invite you to like really press in to that. It, it's hard. It hurts. Sometimes it's embarrassing. But if we don't press in, we can't, we can't be free. So I want to invite you to come back and hang out with us next Sunday. It's Palm Passion Sunday. We're going to tell the whole story, the whole passion story. Um, it's going to be good, like good, hard, uh, but good. I want to invite you back on Thursday and Friday for, for Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday, and Good Friday for worship at night. You can join us online if you can't be here in person uh, so that we can be freed. And on Easter morning, when we hear the good news of the resurrection, we can know what that means for us. It means that we've been freed for joyful obedience. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to pray with me uh, the prayer of confession. Uh, that we've been praying for the last few weeks. Um, and when we get to the end, um, maybe just imagine what it would be like uh, to shred the thing that you've been holding on to, uh, or to take the brick out, uh, or thanks be to God, to take the backpack off. Let's pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbor, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray, and free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, hear this good news. Good news that we're about to see uh, in its flesh and blood in the week ahead. That is, that while we were in open rebellion against God, Christ died for us. And that's proof of God's love for us. And so I can say to you with great confidence, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org. To find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us, I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Verena area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.